0: And Friends, uh, I'm delighted that you have a new minister, Dan the Man. Isn't that good? Uh, we've been praying for it and God has answered our prayer. And I'm delighted that I won't be uh, here in the full brunt of winter. Uh, this morning at the eight o'clock service, uh, all the grass just made a noise as I walked. <laughs> Folks, let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we do want to thank you for your goodness and your love And Father, we want to thank you that you are a God of truth and you are a God who has given us your truth and your word. Uh, Lord, this morning, help us to hear your word. Help us to listen well so that we might put it into practice and we do pray these things for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. You know, conflict is inevitable in all relationships because we are all different. And from time to time, we're going to have disagreements. We can't always agree. Conflict is inevitable, but combat isn't. And my aim uh, this morning is to help us not combat one another. Learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Argue without assassinating uh, the other person. You know, whenever there's conflict, two things can happen. There's either a breakdown of relationships or there can be a breakthrough in reconciliation and that depends on how we handle anger. You know, when it comes to anger, we can be one of two people. We can be passive or aggressive. We can be passive where as soon as there's an argument, we flee, we run away, we become silent uh, we become like a turtle. Other people are aggressive. As soon as they become angry, they want to fight. They become violent. They're skunks. You got it? Okay, so the, the, the skunks are people who get upset uh, and they, uh, everybody knows about it. They stink. They uh, stink the whole place out. Uh, and uh, the, the turtle, as uh, soon as there's a conflict, they crawl into their shell. They withdraw. Now, I want us to be honest for a minute. How many of us here this morning are skunks? Is that all? Okay. And what about turtles? What about the people who haven't put their hand up? (laughs) God loves variety. Folks, we can't eliminate anger, but we can learn to... uh, Express it in an appropriate way. The first thing I want to say, we need to admit our anger. Admit our anger. Uh, The Apostle Paul in that reading that that Kath read to us, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In other words, if you're angry, well be honest about it. Just be honest. That's the starting point. It's wrong to deny that. And, you know, doctors will say one of the number one causes of depression is anger, especially when we hold it in. And if we suppress it, we can be depressed. If you're depressed, we need to ask the question, what am I angry about? Admitting your anger and honesty is a prerequisite to good relationships. Well, what are the causes of anger? What are the causes of anger? In uh, Proverbs 14, a patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. You see, anger is the warning light that something is wrong. And when you're angry, you can get irritated over little things. Now, folks, I want to say that I'm happily married. I've been married for 44 years, and I'm happily married. Is that what I said? I'm happily married. But in our first year of marriage, Debbie and I, well, we had a number of arguments. I thought it was a, a pretty hard year, that first year of marriage. And I remember we, were, we had a, a talk about what colour we were going to paint the gutters. And my wife wanted to paint the gutters uh, charcoal and um, I wanted to paint it uh, Mission Brown. You know, it was the 70s, OK? <laughs> anyway, we agreed... Um, to uh, paint it um, with charcoal. So I went to the uh, paint shop. <laughs> you know what's coming, don't you? <laughs> I went to the paint shop and they didn't have any charcoal. So I got the next best thing, Mission Brown. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, I've I got to say I wasn't very wise. Um, when Debbie uh, got home, we had an almighty fight and uh, she was angry. She was angry. And it, I guess it wasn't an, a little thing that irritated her. But folks, we need to reflect, and we need to be patient with ourselves and our friends and understand each other. Uh, men and women are very different. Men want uh, Debbie can talk longer than I can uh, listen. Can I say that? But when men want the bottom line: Tell me what you want to do. Whereas women are interested in that, but they're more interested in the process. When you understand each other, then we can have, uh, when we're patient with one another, we can have a better relationship. So what are the causes of anger? Folks, you might find it helpful too, I forgot to mention, um, that there's a sermon summary in the middle of the the bulletin there and you might want to fill in the blanks as we go through. The first one is unaccepted. If we're rejected or criticised and there's very little uh, encouragement, then often we can get angry. And I want to say to parents, just be careful how you raise your kids. If they are criticised all the time, if they are never encouraged, that can uh, bring great resentment. It can uh, help, it'll have devastating uh, scars, uh, it can have devastating scars on them. Unappreciated. When people are taken for granted for the work that they are doing, they can get angry. And sometimes even church workers who have been doing ministry for years on end and no one's ever thanked them, sometimes they can get angry. When you feel unsupported, when you feel like people are working against you, you might be in a work situation where your colleague is working and you feel like they are working against you um, because they're trying to get a raise or they're, they're trying to move up in their in their position. We can feel unprotected when we feel the situation is out of control. That can sometimes bring anger. I remember when our kids started getting older and they became um, adults and they were doing their own thing. Debbie and I, for a while there, we were we were lost, we had, we had lost significance and I, in, in some ways I became angry and I thought, you know, fatherhood, where is it now? Um, that's how I felt at the time. Uncertain. If you don't feel, uh, if you don't trust people uh, or, or if people just, uh, I guess, uh, don't show up for appointments and so on, that can get you angry. So the root cause of anger is hurt. It's frustration. It's fear. So how do you deal with anger? Again, in that reading that Kath read to us, the Apostle Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. And I've got to say from the very beginning that anger is not a sin. It's it's what we do with it. What's important? Anger is a natural emotion of hurt, of frustration, of fear. But if as skunks we yell and rant and scream and carry on or if we as turtles are inwardly harbour resentment and hate, well, folks, that's sin. That is not helpful in our relationships. It's interesting what uh, Paul says there. If you are in a conflict... Resolve each day's anger before you hit the sack. And can I say, uh, that's one of the good things that Debbie and I have done over the years. That if we've had a conflict, we try to resolve it. Not always, but we try to resolve it uh, before we go to bed. Generally, people are not willing to stay at the table to resolve differences. But don't go to bed with unresolved anger. It makes you sick. It brings ulcers. You know, most murders, they say, happens around families. And often someone, the one committing the murder, has anger problems. There's bitterness, there's hate, there's hostility. It's a powerful emotion to control. Paul also says there, do not give the devil a foothold. You know, the Greek word for foothold is the word topos, from which we get the word topography. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying, if you're angry, be careful, because that is the time where you can actually give a place for Satan to come. And if he rests upon you there, then there's room for greater deception and temptation. Anger. That is not dealt with, spells danger. Well, controlling my anger. From Proverbs again, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. The mark of wisdom is controlling your anger, self-control. The Bible says if you are a Christian, you have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit we're talking about is, the, is, is self-control. So how can we be wise? How can we control our anger? How can we get this self-control? Just a few things. Firstly, realise the cost of anger. Uh, Proverbs 29, An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. In other words, if you're angry, you're going to do dumb things sometimes. Is that Right? Yeah, well, you're going to do dumb things. So before you do dumb things, know the consequences. You know, with that, um, the paint thing with my wife, Debbie, well, we both got angry and I remember going into the house and I punched the wall in. And I thought, gee, that's pretty strong. But guess what? I had to fix it up the next day. And I had to ask Debbie what colour she wanted the walls again. <laughs> <laughs> realise the cost of your anger. Secondly, reflect before reacting. Uh, James says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. So in other words, stop and think before you blow up. If you're really hot under the collar, take time out, go for a walk. Think before you do something stupid. Uh, there's a saying, the quickest way to cut your throat is by your own sharp tongue. Um, today people talk about mindfulness techniques, taking deep breaths, um, muscle relaxation, there's a whole stack of them. Meditation, and I want to say folks, probably all those things are are valid and they can be helpful, except I think meditation uh, often comes, uh, are often connected with Buddhism uh, from From my reading of the scriptures, when we meditate, we ought to be meditating on the word of God. So if you can do that, then that is very helpful. Reflecting before reacting. Thirdly, release anger appropriately. It says in Ephesians again, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. In other words... Respect the person and, and think of their needs. Uh, pride is often the cause of every argument. Be humble, or you will stumble. Attack the issue and not the person. Learn to state your case without going on and on and on. And on, and on, and on. Do you know people like that? Yeah. Well, don't look beside you. All right. Be specific. Instead of general comments like, you're a pig and so messy. Would you mind picking up your dirty underwear from the middle of the living room? Be specific. Use I statements and not you statements. You're late again and you've spoiled the dinner. Rather, I statements, when I prepare tea and it's left cold, I feel unappreciated, unimportant. You see, they're not fighting words. They're stating the facts, and it's hard for the other person to get angry. So, how do you fight fair? That's what I call fighting fair on the seven C's. Things we should never do, okay? Never compare. Why can't you be like your brother? Folks, <laughs> saying things like that's just unfair. Never condemned. You always, those words, try to get them out of your vocabulary, always and never. You always pick your nose at the dining room table. You never help me around the house. Probably very untrue. Never command. I demand that you do this. That just raises the hair on on a person's back. Never challenge. I dare you. One more peep out of you and see what happens. Never condescend, belittle, ridicule, or play the psychologist. I know why you said that. And never contradict. Don't interrupt the other person, and even saying you're wrong, you're wrong. And never confuse. Some of some of us are master confusers. When you start losing the argument, uh, you quickly change the subject. <laughs> uh, fight fair in the seven C's. Our anger can be re- released in a way that won't hurt the other person. Folks, no relationship is perfect. We will always have difficulties, we will always have conflict. Conflict is inevitable, but combat is not. You can argue with the other person without assassinating them and try to see reconciliation as the best option rather than revenge. The most important way, though, to control anger is to rely on God's help. Folks, if you think you can't do it all, and then you're right, we need Christ's help. Let me read to you just quickly what uh, Paul says in Romans 15. He says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, God gives us, he gives us encouragement. That means he he gives us encouragement to be patient with one another. He gives us endurance as we tolerate one another. He gives us a spirit of unity in our relationships. When we don't agree with the other person, when we have a conflict, God gives us a gift to agree to disagree in love. We need to accept one another. That's what Paul talks about in in Romans 15. Friends, if our attitude is to follow Jesus, then he will help us to change for better. And I know this is really hard. We talked about meditation before, but if you're angry... Well, if you're just out of sorts, try to meditate on the Lord Jesus. I know it's hard, especially when you're angry. Try to meditate on what he's done for you. Meditate on the cross. Maybe even ask the question, what would Jesus do in this situation? I hate asking that question, you know why? (laughs) Because I know I need to do something different than what I'm doing. It's It's a great question what would Jesus do in this situation? Friends, whatever is inside you will always come out. It's a bit like toothpaste. You know, you put pressure on a a, a toothpaste, then toothpaste will come out. But whether you're a skunk, whether you're a turtle, if we are filled with bad anger and people put pressure on us, then anger is going to come out unless we move with Christ's love. Because as soon as the world puts pressure on us, hopefully things of love will come out. Things of unity will come out. Self-control will come out. Handling our anger will always be a lifelong struggle. But folks, try to have the mind of Christ. Try to have the attitude of Christ. You know, there may be some of us here who have uh, in the past been angry. Uh, We've lost it. We've blown it. We've hurt other people. Well, you know what you should do? I don't have to tell you. We need to confess that to God if you haven't already done so. And the other thing you need to do is to go to that person. Just think of the people that maybe you are at odds with. Maybe you've shown a bit of anger and you've never reconciled, you've never resolved. Go back to that other person and say, you know what? What happened two or three years ago? I'm really sorry that I did that. I'm really sorry that I said that. And who knows? Maybe reconciliation can take place. As far as it depends on you, the Apostle Paul says, live at peace with one another. In your anger, folks, do not sin. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we recognise that we sometimes muck it up. Father, sometimes we hurt one another.